0: Cheers, Worcester. It's February the 27th, 2018, and this is 508, a show about Worcester. Today we're talking about everything from affirmative action to zoning, everything from A to Z. I'm Mike Benedetti, and this is Brendan Mulligan. How's it going, brother? I am having an exhausting day, Brendan. How about you?
1: I'm glad I can play a role in that.
0: What, is, uh, what has been so exciting? We're only halfway through. <laughs> We're only half- halfway, through the, halfway through the day. Brent crude oil is at $67 a barrel, up 3% from last week, and the price of Bitcoin is $10,700, down 6% from last week. We're broadcasting on Worcester's Unity Radio, 0.00000001 gigawatts of power on 102.9 FM. We are cablecasting at WCCATV194 and podcasting at pieandcoffee.org. You can email us at pieandcoffee at com. Our call-in number is 508-471-5265. And a special shout-out to the mighty Hank Stoltz, who is working the phones and engineering today's show. Today, Brendan, we don't have a guest and we don't have a camera. Our camera is demanding a firmware update at the last minute or it will not uh, tape our show, and uh, we're not able to pay that ransom.
1: This is a very demanding camera, Mike.
0: Um, but luckily, we still have an audio version of today's show. And we still have Hank. There are so many things going on this week. Um, uh, we sh- this week we might want to talk about privatizing the bus. We might want to read the city council agenda for Worcester. We might want to talk about the Worcester mainstream media meltdown, and we might want to talk about the lack of building permits in the city.
1: Now that you bring it up, I don't know that I want to talk about any of those things.
0: I, I want to talk about all of these things, yeah, you no. know, um, I mean, I want to talk about this media thing first because I feel like it sets us up well to talk about, um, uh, city council stuff in Worcester this week. So, um. You know the uh, you know the, the the internet has been as hard on uh uh media the media, traditional media business in Worcester as it's been anywhere else as as hard as it's been on any other business and so like a lot of places you know the Worcester mainstream media has continued to suffer and I would say that as of this week I mean. Um, this week, Gatehouse Media, which owns the Telegram Gazette, is buying Worcester Magazine, which I think leaves this podcast, the 508 Podcast, as the last independent mainstream media outlet in the city of Worcester.
1: Congratulations, who have, Mike. Who
0: would have guessed? Also, a uh, longtime Telegram Gazette columnist Diane Williamson announced this week that she's retiring, and a couple of weeks ago, the Worcester Sun uh, suspended operations, possibly temporarily, possibly for longer than temporarily. Um, I feel like... None of these is like the last nail in the casket. And none of these is, honestly, none of these is really like a huge nail in the casket as the casket goes. I feel like telegram and gazette layoffs in years past have been the bigger nails in sure. that casket. Um, is, you know what? I mean, and, 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 you know, other other outlets come in and Facebook and things help probably help a little bit. But this puts me in mind of something that we talked about maybe like 10 years ago. Uh, Clay, sometime media visionary Clay Shirky had this idea um he'd seen a statistic that about 85% of local news comes from the newspaper in any given market mm-hmm. and you can tell this i mean you listen to this radio station and what are people talking about they're talking about stuff they read in the telegram and gazette
1: Absolutely. and there's yeah. a
0: few other there there are other outlets that make up the other 15% but it's traditionally been like the lion's share is coming from newspaper re- reporters you watch the news the tv news in the evening and that's all people quoting stuff that the telegram or gazette or the new york times or whatever did the legwork on um Clay Shirky's thought was, instead of asking yourself what fills in that 85%, like what's the 85% gorilla, his idea was, are there 17 5% projects that together would add up to 85%? Um, I don't know if there's any, any, honestly, any real 5% projects in Worcester, except for maybe Mass Live. This is um, their division of the newspaper in Springfield. The Republican,
1: yeah, out in Springfield.
0: Yeah, and uh, Noah Bombard, who has been on this show a number of times, is uh, in charge of that project. And, you know, last week we were talking about a, pro- a thing that a Mass Live guy had written and posted on Mass Live about, um, you know, one of the uh, problem properties in Worcester. And it was a very thorough and excellent article. Um, like, I don't know, maybe Mass Live is even doing a 10% job. I don't see Mass Live doing an 85% job, but I don't know. Well, this is, I think, one of the problems, too, that, you know, it's not so
1: much that, say, consolidation uh, or sort of dismantling of traditional media landscapes has impacted Worcester more. It's just when you look at it in the perspective of how big our media landscape was to begin with, it seems like the impact is larger, right? So, like, a 10% cut in uh, the number of journalists at The Globe is probably going to seem uh less impactful than a 10 percent cut at the telegram just based on the number of people that that impacts and how it impacts the the delivery of news at the end of the day like the numbers are they're always going to feel bigger uh because we're sort of a a smaller market the flip side of that is i think when you look at an organization like mass live they've done an incredible job of taking a really small number of people and just kind of cutting them loose with with, Mm -hmm. with with some degree of oversight in the city and kind of just finding stories on their own like very old school sort of putting uh shoe leather to the ground and and sniffing out stories it's not to say that they're they're winning pulitzers on on every story they write. A lot of it is like listicles and uh, food reviews and cultural uh, stuff and whatnot.
0: But they do crime reporting. Totally. They That's one yeah. those kinds of things.
1: It keeps the interest level high. Uh, I think you know a traditional newspaper is really no different. Uh, you know the majority of it is fluff and then there's mm-hmm. the handful of really hard-hitting investigative maybe long-form columnists uh, that uh, people really need to be exposed to, but the draw is going to be a restaurant review or you know movie listings or obituaries or whatever the case may be. Right. Mass Live, I think, has done a really great job of kind of reinventing uh, what it means to be a traditional uh, news outlet for a world that is—I don't want to say dominated by, but it at least is leaning in the direction of online delivery—is probably the more efficient way uh, to reach uh, your readers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, I mean, I, I, the <laughs> for the Telegram—it just makes me sad at this point, right? I mean, I, I think I said to you the other day when we were first talking about this that uh, if you gave me the business plan behind like. Uh, gatehouse buying Worcester magazine probably makes perfect sense, right? I mean, there's, I just don't know where it actually goes because the market is so small to begin with. How do you, uh, you know, how do you lose one uh, in, in terms of consolidation with the other?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I guess getting, getting back to the city council agenda, because that's really what <laughs> I, obsesses me every week. I mean, every week I read the city council agenda on my own and, in in consultation with lots of people, write up an email and a blog post uh, that goes out to my little mailing list about the city council agenda. Um, and this is something which also, you know, the other media outlets, the Telegram always writes up something about the agenda or something on the agenda and the other outlets, Worcester Magazine, whatever, you know, depending on how their what their staff looks like that month, some weeks they do it and some periods of time, some some months they do it and some months they don't, I should say that. Um, I always sort of hope that that would grow into some kind of five percent solution, but I don't think that it has. But it has for me brought. It's kind of an alternative to an alternative to coming on and doing a podcast or doing a radio show and saying like we're gonna spout off about stuff we read in the newspaper and just sort of rely on them to do the boring part and us to get the glory of telling <laughs> you our important opinions about it. Um, to be able to do that with the city council agenda to me is interest an interesting. Um, variant on the on the same thing
1: well yeah i mean and i think you know if you ever if you look at what uh traditional media and i think they do a good job of covering what for the most part isn't the most exciting aspect of uh city life which is uh city government right it, yeah it, we don't necessarily have uh the most interesting uh, body uh even the 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 structure of the body the planning form of government kind of limits its ability yes. to be interesting that said, I, I always thought the Telegram and Worcester Magazine mm-hmm. via, via via Wisteria or Nikosopoulos have always done a great job of covering after the fact. But the real meat of of any of those meetings is the agenda, which you push out. Because I, yeah,
0: and I have to say, like I, you know, I it's easy enough for me to bitch about people as anybody else. I have my my respect for Nikosopoulos Kotsop, has gone has increased by leaps and bounds during the years that I've written the city council agenda thing because. All these things that I used to read by him that I always felt were kind of dry or oh is this the best you can do? Now I read them and I'm like this is great. You did a good, you did a terrific job with this Nick. Like you're really like thinking outside the box. You're really like digging into certain issues on an occasional basis and like that's kind of I mean like this is where this is the kind of thing that frustrates me around say like the issue of privatizing the bus in Worcester is that I have not read anything by the Research Bureau or the Telegram where anybody sits and digs into. What are the possibilities in mass transit in central Massachusetts in 2018 whereas Nick is somebody who has not written that column yet but if it comes out of the telegram it's going to come from his pen right he's yeah. doing those kinds of uh, those kinds of things of really occasionally digging into some random issue that the I uh, Council's considering
1: but I think the, the the really important takeaway always needs to be and this is where I always th- thought there was a lot of value in you putting out that email in advance of the council It's meeting. so
0: valuable everybody at home it's so valuable just know that
1: no but, but it really is because you know if you consider what the whole role of representation of, of representative government is right it's to be a mouthpiece for the, 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 the people right at least on, on its lowest most core basic uh, principle. How can an elected official uh, fill that role responsibly if they haven't heard from their constituency yet? And it's primarily because the constituency has no idea what they're going to be discussing at their next meeting, right? It's like a lot of these issues come up onto the the council agenda. Before anyone in the city really even knows they exist, because unless you're going digging through the city website, it's not entirely clear what the council is going to discuss from week to week.
0: And I don't think it's honestly a conspiracy either. Sometimes people seem to think this, that why is the council not making it clear what they're doing? It's like they're making it abundantly clear. They're just doing a million things, and most of them are the same thing they did the previous week, fixing some street light or whatever. Like, they're putting it out there, and they're putting it out there as much as anybody could put it out there. They're not highlighting, like, the thing that you care about the most this week because they have no idea which thing you care about the but most. But that's this also week. the sort of thing
1: that, even if it wasn't in print, because that's costly, just, just tag, uh, tagging that onto a, a traditional media outlet's uh, website, whether it be the Telegram, Worcester Magazine, Mass Live, or whatnot, making that information a little bit more public. Now, the conversation uh, with elected officials has the potential to begin. Before it comes up on on the council yes. floor, which yes. should be the whole point.
0: Yes. Well, I, I tell you, Brendan, I want to read I want to read some of the highlights from the council agenda. Um, even though I know you're against this idea, maybe I can talk <laughs> you into us, to us doing this. No, no, I'm excited. That you, I mean, you, and and we should just like, uh, um, you know, set this list aside and go on the digressions we need to go on because this really does cover, uh, so much of the landscape of Worcester. Even if the even if the council talking about Issue XYZ is not important. Issue XYZ is probably important. Totally. And There probably are people who are working on issue XYZ in a uh, productive or consequential way. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing that I have on my list, and this is for tonight's city council meeting. It's a 6.30 tonight at city hall. Residential zoning changes. Councilor Russell would like to change the zoning regulations for RL7 limited residence zones. Currently, you can build low-rise multifamily dwellings and single family attached dwellings if you have a special permit. Russell's changes would make that a blanket? No. You could still have things like a single family home, attached dwelling, or a group residence. Maybe it's detached dwelling? <laughs> single family detached dwelling, I think. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Councillor Russell also has something where he would like um, he would like to encourage owner occupancy. He would like the man- city manager to encourage home ownership of the two and three family homes in our general residence RG5 zoned neighborhoods. He would also like to include facade improvements in this plan and do particular outreach to the employees of our colleges to become owner occupants yeah
1: you know, i mean that is i think ties in so uh closely with what we've we've talked about three or four times now since we've been doing the show just the, the mayor has a plan for housing but whatever that plan looks like i think is still up in the air in some capacity in my mind that's that's really what a in a in a, in a city that is almost dominated by uh multi homes uh, mm-hmm. in a lot of our older neighborhoods uh that right there is probably the most important thing that the city could try and figure out and i don't know that there's an easy way to figure it out but figuring it out is absolutely huge i think any of us that uh have families that have lived in the city for more than a generation or two uh remember a time when most of our multifamily homes were owned or occupied and you know they they it was a different landscape where you'd have multiple generations of families living in one three-decker or whatnot since we went into the transition of uh, strictly rentals for a lot of these properties it also seems to be the time that a lot of interest in a lot of the neighborhoods that those properties exist in started going by the wayside as well, that you didn't have people who had a uh, an economic stake in the structure itself mm-hmm. being the ones dictating what was taking place in and around a, a neighborhood. That's yeah. a, And the facades, That's we made some crazy decision. This was, I think, before you came to Worcester, Mike, but we made some crazy decision back in the uh, 70s and 80s, so definitely before you came here. We plastered over all of the, all. why do we call it a three-decker? Because it has three decks. Well, yeah, but they look like the decks of a ship. If you look at like the okay. the ones that are still open, right? They've got that okay. little port at the bottom where water can right. fall down, and yeah. it kind of looks like the the side of a ship. We we covered over all of the many of them because they were viewed by the rental community as a liability. We would never want to rent a you know a third story uh, open porch to a, ch- a family that had children or whatnot. Okay. So these really cool historic historically meaningful. Uh, architectural details that have essentially just been boarded over over the years. Yeah. And I hope this is what uh, Council Russell is shooting for in, in, in part of this order as well. Like the property values on, on a lot of these properties that don't seem very interesting to the the, the the passerby anymore would probably go through the roof if only we allowed those properties to be what they were originally intended to be, which is both multifamily
0: dwellings, but beautiful at the same time. Here's an item. A giant heart behind City Hall. Bill Coleman, who has a giant heart, would like the city to make a mosaic of the city seal on the common. The Fatty Jenkins Basketball Court. Councilor Rivera would like the city manager to attend an April 5th meeting at the Network Center concerning a plan for the city to take ownership of the basketball court on Piedmont Street. This plan has been a long time coming, as I understand it from going to neighborhood meetings. Currently, a semi-defunct trust owns the property. The city would like to switch the entrance from the Holly Street side to the Piedmont Street side and do more trash pickup. The current Holly Street entrance is the site of lots of police incidents and the occasional drug dealing. Um, I actually have been paying attention the last month or two that I every time that I walk by there, which is a lot of times, and I have not seen any. Um, I have not really seen any drug dealing almost every time I walk by, but certainly in the past there are suspicious groups of non-basketball playing people there. Um, I'm interested I'm kind of interested to see how this one goes like um, I mean this is one of these things where I think I don't know that the neighborhood as a whole has had a conversation about what they want to have happen with this I know that there are plenty of neighborhood leaders who would like to see the city take this court over mainly because it's like somebody needs to do something with this court every once in a while like fix fences move entrances and it's like if it's owned by an organization that kind of doesn't exist then like things can't happen. With the basketball court, you would think that
1: properties like that would probably be like the training wheels for like the WRA or some of the other organizations that are really good about things like eminent domain or whatnot. That it would be some of these smaller parcels. That it's not so much that they've been left to nobody cares about them or there's an absentee uh, owner. Like, and the the way you've explained this one to me, like it's very possible that the, the the ownership is
0: questionable like it, it, it's it's i don't know that it's questionable i mean i think i think it's just i think that it's just a group of people came together and made this sweet basketball court and then they had less and less meetings and then some of them died and then some of them forgot they were like on the board of this and people just kind of i mean this happens all the time and and i you know it i'm, I'm glad that there's going to be a neighborhood meeting so that if there's people who feel like this is the city sticking their nose in where it doesn't belong and we should be dealing with the court in a different way that voice will be heard uh are we ready to go to a commercial? You've been listening to 508, a show about Worcester. We'll be right back after these important messages. Let me have your attention for a moment. So you're talking about what? You're talking about bitching about that sale you shot, some son of a bitch that doesn't want to buy, somebody that doesn't want what you're selling, some broad you're trying to screw and so forth. Let's talk about something important. Are they all here? They're all here. Well, I'm going anyway. Let's talk about something important. The Worcester City Council Agenda on 508, a show about Worcester. Brendan, here's an item. Stop making your own driveway. Brendan, stop making your own driveway. I I would rather we go back to talking about owning your own basketball court. Now I can't make. Do <laughs> you want to buy this basketball court? I mean, you can talk to. Uh, you know, I uh, uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I think that um, I feel like the minister or somebody on the ministerial staff at John Street Baptist Church is like possibly on this trust. That's who. If anybody at home would like to try to buy this basketball court or take this basketball court over, I mean, you should show up at the April 5th meeting, probably. Can but, you remind me of the April 5th meeting? Because I think I want to try and take
1: over the basketball anybody court. Who I'm, wants I'm to terrified tra- now that the city is going to end up taking it over and they're going to do a terrible job of it. It's,
0: anybody who wants to derail the city's plan <laughs> to take over the Fatty P- Jenkins basketball court <laughs> <laughs> We're start. by buying it or taking it over for your own, your own trust, there is a meeting April 5th at the Neighborhood Network Center. Which is uh, right by the pickle barrel. The the, the basketball court's right by the, the, yeah. the pickle barrel for people who are not uh familiar with that name. We were
1: talking about this during the commercial break, but I just just to bring it back to the audience who are coming for from here. Now I'm not. Uh, there's probably a short list of things that I, if if I had a bucket list of things that I'd like to own in life, uh, basketball court is on that list. But like I, I'm priced out of like Boston Garden, right? Like at this point sure, in my life, sure. I'm not going all in uh, on on a professional NBA basketball court. But if I could start small and and privately own a, a basketball court here in the city of Worcester,
0: I think that might be one of the greatest things ever. I'm not going to stand in your way, but there's one thing I am going to stand in your way of. And and that's continue- making your own driveway. Stop making your own driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Counselor Rosen wants people to stop making DIY driveways that take away curb parking and encourage people to drive back and forth <laughs> over the curb. I would
1: is there were there any examples of, of where this is happening? I don't
0: know, because people write the people write these tiny people write these tiny, tiny agenda items. You know, like um you know, and it'll just be like, you know, uh councillor whoever, counselor Rogers would like the city manager to consider revisiting our situation with Holton. See, and you're like, what situation? With Holden? What? You, that's all that it is. I
1: know you're making light here, but I got to be honest with you. This, this, this
0: is one of them. This
1: actually has me nervous. Like, so I live. You, you've been in my house before. I have a shared driveway with my neighbor.
0: But you, so, but you're not. You, do you have curb parking
1: uh, on that street? Not, yes. I mean, technically yes. During the uh, is
0: there is there a legal curb cut?
1: For the shared driveway, but so that's me, all that's I, all
0: Gary cares about,
1: I know, but so here's my point. I don't like the idea of a shared driveway. If I ever wanted to sell my house,
0: well, don't it make it would own act- driveway.
1: Well, this is what I've actually been trying to get a straight answer from, and maybe this is this is actually the problem here, right? I've been trying to get a straight answer from the DPW for about, 10 years now as to what the process of creating your own driveway is, right? Because like, uh-huh. I, I, I love my neighbor, but the idea of having to shoehorn cars around and whatnot becomes kind of a pain. Every, so, it
0: would be nice to just maybe have a little dirt strip between the two. No, the
1: I, just, I just want to create my own driveway in front of the house as opposed to, uh, uh, you know, next you to the house. You do want
0: to create your own driveway.
1: I, but I, I want to do so the right way. Well. It turns out that it doesn't seem like there's a, an easy to follow process in the city of Worcester for making your own driveway or making a driveway not like, so I, I would assume that a lot of people are taking this upon themselves because they too cannot get a straight answer. Like they need well, barking. I tell you, and
0: all these people tonight is the night you should show up to the Worcester City Council meeting six thirty this week. It's at the Levi Lincoln Room on the third floor of City Hall. Bring not, your not shovels and pickaxes and
1: whatever else it is bring you used to make your, your own driveway. Your, your
0: signs saying you know driveways now and stand up and speak and t- share your pain with the whole with the whole
1: community. Mike, I'm being told from the other side of the desk that we have a
0: caller. Okay, caller, hello. Hello, caller. I can so hear you. So what's
2: wrong with driveways?
0: What is wrong with driveways? <laughs> are you asking why Gary Rosen is against anyone having a driveway in the city of Worcester?
2: No, actually, I'll explain what he's actually trying to do. Yes, if please. If were would go down June Street, uh-huh. a lot of the houses, uh, people are just driving up on the, the front line.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
2: they create their own driveway in front of the houses, and Gary doesn't feel that's an appropriate use of someone's personal property, which I'm dead set against. Gary may not like the look of it, but I'm not sure who Gary or the city government is to tell you what you can and can't do. I'm going to go Same out on a limb here, here.
0: Is
1: this Q? Uh,
2: is this, yeah. is this, yeah, is okay, this no, somebody with a one-letter name?
0: You we have we, we say just haven't letter. seen
1: each other in a, in a while, and it's it's nice to hear your voice in, in, <laughs> in, on both the radio and in person. You know, it, it's funny, though. I don't know if you heard what Mike and I were just talking about before you called in. It's I've actually been trying to create like get a permitting for an actual driveway to replace my <laughs> share driveway, and it's... I don't even know, I, you know, I, I'm wondering if people are trying to do that sort of thing because they can't figure out their own parking situations because the city doesn't seem to have a, a, a straightforward roadmap for such a thing.
2: No, there's no process. There's there's no plan in, in place and they're kind of winging it. Um, kind of like what they're doing with the uh, retail marijuana. You know, they're imposing restrictions on a legal substance that they wouldn't dare propose on alcohol to home breweries, to... You know, private breweries to the VFW, private clubs. I mean, it seems like they uh, are going to do anything that they can uh, to, you know, to stifle growth in a legal burgeoning industry. And again, it looks like the city's behind the times on this and on the wrong side of history. But mm-hmm. I don't. I, I digress. I Yes. To, well, I thank uh, you. I, I don't want to change it.
0: Thank you. Thank you for your call. I really appreciate it. This is the first, le- not, well, I wouldn't say legitimate, the first the first call that involves sentences that we've had on this show, so I really appreciate that.
1: That was fantastic.
0: Brendan, I want to stop talking about driveways and uh, and, and marijuana for just one second and say, let's use the Lincoln Square Tunnel more. You know, Gary Rosen had a real time <laughs> on the council. I, first of all, I love Gary Rosen, and I hug him every time I see him. He had a real time when he was just doing whatever. He just—you he would read the agenda, and there was not a big Gary Rosen signature <laughs> across the agenda. Yeah. And now we're back to Gary. Rosen, just being like, "What? What are some things that I could get on the agenda that would be back fine? in the big leagues?" Right. I mean, it's all the rubber those... sidewalks, rats in the mall. <laughs> this is the old Gary Rosen that we know and love. Uh, what are we doing in the Levi Lincoln Tunnel? Counselor Rosen wants to know if we can reroute Lincoln Square Tunnel so we can Lincoln Square traffic so we can make better use of the tunnel in Lincoln Square.
2: Hmm.
0: Uh, he would also like. Where, to, where would you reroute it to, Brendan? This is one which is probably we're going to do a break here in about two seconds. Um, is there any of this, this brief? Councilor Lukes would like us to fly some flags downtown representing the diversity of the city's population. And with that, we're gonna to go to a commercial break. These are very important messages. Please stay, stay by and we will be back talking about um, driveway freedom, drug legalization, etc. after these important messages. This is the water and this is the well. Drink full and descend. The horse is the white of the eye and dark within. And this is Brendan and Hi, Brendan. How's it going, Mike? And this is Michael Benedetti. And this is 508 Worcester's Libertarian Voice, a weekly radio show. We're just we're just sitting here being cool in our own house, talking about the Worcester City Council agenda. Brendan, during the break, there was um, saying that I think I think I may have described this last agenda item in a confusing way. The idea is to uh, have a better traffic pattern in Lincoln Square. Mm. And that maybe uh, like that that tunnel could be incorporated as a big part of that better pa- traffic pattern. I wish them well. Uh, yeah, I feel like all these things are like yeah. I don't know if there's I don't know if there's good solutions or not. Here's one: let's privatize the bus. Councilor Rosen, yes, <laughs> would like to get a private bus company to provide unsubsidized service to part of the city, so the WRTA can make better use of its resources in the rest of the city. This is of course in response to the fact that we um, are getting less funding for the bus. And the bus is already running a deficit, and so we're probably going to have to cut a bunch of bus routes.
1: You know, I I always find that the best way to encourage privatization of an existing sector is to drive it so far under the ground that there's absolutely no way anyone could make a profit off of it. And then the people that are looking for investment opportunities just tend to come running out of the woodwork,
0: right? What, What does it look like when you have a private bus service servicing part of a city? I think we call those taxis, mostly. I mean I, I mean are we talking about like shuttles or i mean i literally i don't know that i've ever i mean obviously i uh, you know other cities and other parts of the world we all know about the, the the great and multi-layered and bizarre transit options that you have available I, in the United States I don't know that i've ever have i ever taken a private bus I'm mean, not taking like a greyhound, but have I ever taken like a private bus in a city? What's great about this is is it's really going to
1: reinvent the whole argument we were having a decade ago about two decades ago about livery uh, setups and whatnot. Oh right. Before oh, yeah. Uber moved moved in, and like you're you're just going to start pitting like the Worcester Airport limousine type services against whoever wants to provide public, you know, it's public big. private busing in the city. It's. I mean, it's, I, yeah.
0: Thankfully we didn't tire of that issue two decades ago, we can we can have it all over again now. Um, Councillor Wally would like the manager to devine, devise a plan to resolve problems with patch reservoir such as water quality and access. He would also like the abutting piece of property moved under control of the Conservation Commission. Councillor Rivera and I believe also Councillor King would like the manager to update our affirmative action policies and affirmative action hiring policies to do a better job ensuring equity. Activists are planning to rally at tonight's meeting around this item. Do you have anything to say about affirmative action?
1: I would like you to double back to, you had, You mentioned it before the break, Councilor Lukes wanted to hang flags
0: everywhere. What oh, right. So flags of diversity. Councilor Lukes would like, to, like us to fly some flags downtown, quote, representing the diversity of the city's population, end quote.
1: So when I was at Forest Grove Middle School, yeah, um, I believe it was Forest Grove. It what might have it? actually been Doherty. I, I can't remember. Okay. But it was sometime in the 90s. That sure. whole period is rather hazy to me. For a variety of reasons. The um, one principal I had actually did that one year, uh, and it became a fixture in the school where every flag representing every country for every point of origin for every student in the school uh-huh. was hung from the ceilings on the main level. Yeah. It was actually one of the coolest things I remember seeing. I mean, at the time, I think it was a little disorienting because there was just so many flags and colors everywhere and whatnot. I mean, I yeah. mean a lot of them, had, as a kid, had never seen before. But the exposure was incredible, and I, I think it was one of the most... Uh, Again, this is early 90s. It was probably one of the most impressive visual displays of just how diverse the city of Worcester is. I don't
0: know. This is another item where it's just literally this on a piece of paper, and no, there's no diagram. There's no full-color thing <laughs> of the flags. Is this going to be like, like – I don't know if this is going to be like that, like a bunch of national flags. Is this going to be – the, kind of like the thing where somebody has a flag thing on the front of their house, and like every season or every holiday, they have their turkey flag, their Halloween flag, their Valentine's yeah, Day so flag. <laughs> and we're going to have like the whatever flag, flag that, you know. Well, this is what I'm thinking here is that North I wonder. flag, South Dakota flag. Does
1: Councillor Lukes realize just how diverse the city is? Because, I mean, this was a large school that was. How many
0: are we going to have? This could be great. I, I'm I'm 100 in favor of this. I just don't Why know where you're going to put
1: them. I, I, Why I, I, not? I, I'm hoping. I'm I'm looking forward to her item becoming one where we realize there's only enough room to put like flag stickers on all the light poles, that and then it becomes good. into a whole other thing where we, we can't allow stickers and signs on the poles. And yeah,
0: you know, flags everywhere. I don't know. There's yeah. so many flags. I don't know. It's great. Um, the next, literally, the next item on the agenda is shutting down group homes. <laughs> Councillor Luke's again. Would like a report on, quote, any and all public licenses, certifications, notices, etc., cetera, that are required of our group homes, shelters, and sober houses. This ties in with the years-long quest of the council to find some way to get council control over such establishments, which are otherwise protected by state and not local law. This is one of these things like these agenda items around changing our recycling bins that I'm not sure why it's on the agenda because I feel like half the time there's something like this on the agenda. And again, I just wonder, like, is this the consequential one, or is this one of the ninety-five percent of them that are inconsequential? I think we need to start. A, I don't know a
1: spreadsheet, uh, keeping track of whenever Counselor Luke's has a item, an agenda item that could potentially be. Perceived as kind of being a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, is there also an agenda item that is like a really awesome thing, right? Because I'm still hung up on this flag thing and trying to envision yeah. all of downtown Worcester just covered with these amazing I mean, fla- hundreds of, of flags. Yeah, exactly. And I we mean, just glossed right over
0: the fact that she wants to shut down group homes for people in need in crisis. It's and, just sort of funny that they're back to back on the agenda. I mean, I mean, you know, and and this is not again. This is a this is just asking for a report. So this is again one of the many. I mean, and I, Connie is not the one only one who does this these great passive-aggressive you know, council That's items. That's why we need a spreadsheet. Like, mm-hmm. I would like a report on such and such a topic. Not that I'm taking a position. Not that I want the city to crack down on it. I may say that at a later time, but right now, I just want to know more about it. We, I'm just curious to know about group
1: homes, Brendan. We, we only need to get rid of the group homes because the plan is to build, re- reconstruct the Epcot Center and the It's a Small World ride in downtown Worcester, and we just need the space. That's all. 65 Kenwood
0: Avenue. Councilor Miro Carlson would like an official report on code violations for 65 Kenwood Avenue. I just mentioned this one because it's been some time since complaints about a specific address surfaced at a council meeting. I I don't know anything about I've never Canada.
1: been invited no. to a
0: party at yeah. that address so. Yeah. Hats and gloves for the homeless. Councillor Bergman would like the city to buy hats and gloves for the homeless next winter. I'm not sure what prompted this item. There are of course considerable efforts among the public to take care of this need every winter. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why this is on the agenda. I think this goes
1: right back to what we were talking about, the basketball court. I'm not convinced that the DPW, is, is, the Parks Department, is where we want this basketball court to uh, t- to lie. I don't know that I want uh, the city council in charge of uh, buying hats and gloves for the homeless. They'd end up making a bulk
0: purchase of Counselor, finger, Counselor fingerless Ber- gloves. Councilor Bergman's is a reasonably stylish individual, though. I feel like as far as hat and glove decisions, he'd be all right. This is kind of where, where the problem lies, though. I don't think we're looking to make fashion statements here. Well, I think we're looking, we looking for... Uh, you we know. should. We could have hats and gloves that have the national emblems of every country in Worcester, and then we don't have to kick the homeless people out of Worcester, or because the homeless people can be... The flags. The flags. Oh. Everything comes together. Worcester is a great... I love Worcester. We're an innovative... Innovation hub. Holden, stop polluting Indian Lake. Councilor Rose would like the city's lawyer to figure out if we can stop quote fertilizer and nutrient runoff that is entering Indian Lake from the town of Holden.
1: How is that possible? <laughs> I mean, I know it's possible, but it's,
0: it's it isn't
1: there a lot of Worcester that it has to work its way through through before it gets into Holden?
0: Uh, or is yeah. there a, tr- a tributary that they're talking about? It's not just like know. rolling over the I mean, hill. I'm sure that it's a, I'm sure that it gets into little streams and things yeah. at some point. I mean, and our water all not all of our water comes from Holden, but much of our city water comes from Holden. So they're certainly up watershed from the city of Worcester. As long as we have an opportunity to shame Holden for bad behavior, yeah. I mean, I would. I it, it would be interesting to know like how much fer- fertilizer and nutrient runoff enters Indian Lake from the city of Worcester versus Holden. But I'm all for vilifying Holden. I'm much more into vilifying Holden than vilifying the homeless. I mean, I, that's just my own whatever prejud- personal prejudices. I'm not proud of it.
1: So maybe we can offer it up. A re- maybe we can get a report on who actually permitted Holden. <laughs>
0: Uh, street changes. The council will likely approve a request by Nick Smith to remove the tiny Warmland Street, a private street in Quinsigamond Village, from the official map. Uh, more zoning changes. The city will likely approve zoning changes that would see uh, a couple of parcels around Ed Hyder's market rezoned from residential to commercial and added to the commercial corridor overlay district. We didn't mention Ed Hyder on this show, did we? The great, the great Ed Heider, the great Ed Heider passed a couple of weeks ago, and I, not a, not a friend of Ed's, but every interaction with my, Ed Heider, super positive in my experience. Always and, extremely positive, and with his, and with his great market, and with his kids. So, rest in peace, Ed Heider. Um, the council will also likely approve cleaning up the zoning of 127 Cambridge Street to make all of it business limited, and will likely approve rezoning every parcel at 7 Brookfield Street to make it uniformly general residence these are these interesting things these remind me of these things that I've become more privy to at these neighborhood meetings too of um, just like how much of the business of the council and city government is saying like for some weird historical reason you know my house is in two different zones and I want to fix something and now I realize I'm not in compliance with the law All right, great like let's Clean it up, and it you do a bunch of meetings, and you file some paperwork, and you get it cleaned up, and it takes you a year, a year it takes you six months, it takes you whatever. Just, just don't you try and make your own driveway, Mike. You know what? You're really, you're really pushing it, Brendan. You're really getting into some, some issues that are going to cause a lot of bad blood here on this driveway stuff. Uh, marijuana zoning. The city manager would like to keep marijuana establishments out of residential areas and away from schools. They could be allowed in business or manufacturing areas with a permit. And the great Nick has an article in the Telegram and Gazette about the marijuana zoning package. Can there be private marijuana clubs? The council approved last week, though it was not previously on the agenda, a request from Councillor Lukes for details on the legal status of private marijuana clubs in Worcester. As it happens, yesterday the State Cannabis Control Commission touched on social clubs for weed. However, they didn't do anything. So, at least for today... Private marijuana clubs are legal in the city of Worcester. Congratulations, private marijuana clubs. And the idea of the private marijuana club, this is like a BYOB kind of situation.
1: Sort of, yeah. But I think if it's more into the model of just like private social clubs in general where they're they're licensed for occupancy and it's not so much a matter of uh, licensing for specific behaviors but the idea that anything uh, that could be – legal uh, will. if you could do it in your house
0: you could do it in this club
1: yeah yeah, but things that still require a permit right so in this case it was it was permitted as a smoking lounge uh, so but a private smoking lounge so So, you
0: could do indoor smoking in this place
1: yeah and and we have a couple venues in the city that do indoor smoking uh, because they're licensed as uh, cigar bars and whatnot so it's not completely unheard of it it seems like for some reason I don't know what it is Mike but this one in particular seems to be getting people worked up
0: marijuana man you brought it up we're behind the times on marijuana we're behind the time on driveways. Drive. <laughs> I'm really ex- Q, Thank you for calling in because this driveway thing, I'm kind of getting into it more. I didn't realize it was a big, 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 an issue. Uh, boards and commissions. The councillor, the council will vote whether to appoint Lindsay Silva to the commission on disabilities and Madison Friend to the advisory committee on the status of women. You know, Madison Friend, uh, Brendan, when she was, I believe, at Worcester State, was one of the people who ran the uh, New Worcester Spy. So speaking of Worcester, Worcester fringe journalism and micropublishing, there you go. Now on the advisory Committee on the status of women. Good job. More boards and commissions. Oh, this is another this is a good one right here. This is one we talked about a couple weeks ago. Now we know the, now we know the answers. instead of just raising the questions and saying we don't, we're just ignorant. The city has responded to several questions from Councillor Lukes on making changes to our boards and commissions. Can city employees be on boards and commissions? Can they, Mike? No, but this is a matter of policy and management. It is not prohibited by law. Can someone be on multiple boards? Mike? Put that coffee down. Coffees for closers only. Do you think I'm playing with you? I'm not playing with you. I'm here from downtown. I'm here from Mitch and Murray and I'm here on a mission of mercy. So they can be on multiple you call boards. Me, you, you call yourself a salesman, you son of a bitch? <laughs> can they be on multiple You boards? certainly don't, pal, because the good news is you're fired. The bad news is it's a matter of policy and not law Okay. that um, city employees are not on boards and commissions. It's a matter of policy and management.
1: Yeah, but we, what about the other? Oh, and can multiple someone boards? be on
0: multiple boards? No, but that's also a matter of policy, not law. Uh, and the current city manager would like to maintain the current policy. So okay. he said that he would be open in rare occasions to saying that somebody could be on multiple boards and commissions, but that in general it just seems like it has a lot of potential problems, and that like the city would really like to do things to encourage more people to get involved with city government. I'm sure, like people should get on boards. Think- Were you ever on a board and commission? Yeah, cultural commission. There you go. Years ago, that was before it became the arts council. That was that was at the beginning of our of the of the Renaissance of Worcester. That's really when it started. Like. on the cultural commission. But no, we 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 talk about this all the time, though. I mean, you got to make sure people know these openings exist too. You, people, you can do, you can get on a board or commission, man. You can, if you want to, like, if you're like, why does the city make it hard to like get involved with the city? Just put your name in, file your paperwork. I mean, you can go on the city website and look at the agenda for this city council meeting, and you can see all the paperwork for uh Lindsay Silva getting on the Commission on Disabilities. You can see Lindsay Silva's resume. There's a You can ton see the other people who too. applied. You can get re- Yeah, so like the information is there if you want to apply for this. And if you want to apply for this too, the people at the city, my sense is people at City Hall are very interested in like helping you through that process. Yeah. They cuz we need to fill these boards and commissions. We have a couple more minutes, right? Mhm. Um I'm just getting confused. I'm looking at my page on Glen Gary Glen Ross and not my page on the timing for this show. Um Brendan, what would it take to change the lengths of city council terms, and the times of city council elections? Uh, I'm going to guess it
1: would be a little bit easier than redirecting the flow of traffic through the Lincoln Square Tunnel.
0: What would it take? You completely know, even if you haven't read my notes. Uh, A change in state law? No. Charter change. Yes. Charter change. It would take (laughs) charter change. Yes, there's always charter change. So that's something to know. they, They wanted to change the city council elections so as to solve some problem with something. Do you know why that is interesting, Mike? Um, What is really interesting about that being uh, up for conversation tonight? Everything with the Worcester City Council is interesting to me because I have an addiction problem with the Worcester City Council agenda. But why would other people find it interesting?
1: Well, I'm going to tell you in just a second, but it's going to take me a little
0: while, longer than I
1: would. Oh, because today in 1951
0: Uh was the day that
1: we uh, ratified the uh, 22nd Amendment to the United States Constitution, limiting uh, the presidency to two terms. Okay. I wonder if Mo timed this up as perfectly as he possibly could have. Because that that came up for Mo, but the that was his the, that was
0: his, his thing of wanting to wanting but to. But somehow the around. the answer
1: to that is actually going to come up on the day that uh the the of presidential
0: we, term limits. We don't mean, have city council term limits, do we?
1: We don't have term limits. We want to extend the the sort of the
0: term and whatnot. So it was, right. we're going the opposite direction. Make it so you have to campaign less for yeah. Worcester City Council. Uh, did you know, Brendan? They compared to it's actually maybe we're going into a break right now. Are we going to a break right now? We might as well. We just narr- We just narrate ourselves. Thanks for listening to the show. We have much more 508 coming back after these important messages. Thrill of a lifetime. Get your tickets and come in. Killers of the Amazon. Can devour a cow in a matter of seconds. Can leave nothing but the bare bones. First time shown in your city and you may never have the chance to see it again alive 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 the deadly piranhas ten thousand dollars reward if not absolutely alive never before shown and you may never again have the chance to see it again the most terrifying flesh eaters from the deep brendan malican and myself michael benedetti
1: so mike you know you've done this two weeks in a row now i mean what do you know what the time frame that is from
0: um, I think that this is from, I feel like this is, was, is from a recording from the fifties or the sixties, but this is a traditional, um, they call this a mm mm-hmm. Um, I guess I only learned about this a couple of weeks ago from listening to another podcast. You know, th- this is sort of like what the what the uh, what the hype man, what the pitch, yeah, man, the barker, carnival, carnival barker. barker, yeah. But this, there, there are some old. I mean, there, this is both written down records, of this, but there are actually also some very old recordings of. Carnival I'm just curious that,
1: like it, it's it just strikes me as so odd that you know you or I could go to a, a pet store right now and buy a piranha if we wanted to. They're really we might not, that not be
0: absolutely we might not be absolutely alive. Well, <laughs> I
1: mostly I'm, alive. I'm mean, not going to buy a dead piranha. That would be the worst gimmick ever but I mean I don't know I just kind of think it's kind of kind of novel you go back whatever 50 60 100 years like if I'm not mistaken in Texas right now there are more tigers in captivity than there are in the wild in the rest of the world in their natural habitat right like pet tigers oh, uh, no, we another phone call Mike
0: uh, I had to bring up pet tigers uh, I, and then somebody I calls hi call, caller hi how's it going caller Thanks for calling in. Did you want to talk about driveways? <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, no. I mean, there's like get your tickets and come in alive, <laughs> alive, alive. Killers of the Amazon. Brendan, um, uh, I want to talk about this thing from which came from the real estate website Trulia.com. That Kevin Kassan has, my old buddy, has been and sometime five hundred eight panelist, five hundred eight regular for many a year. Kevin Kassan. Um, is sort of confused by, which is that if you look at a list of the um, the average number of housing permits that a city, a metro area issued between 1980 and 2016, mm-hmm. then you compare that average with the number they issued in 2017, mm-hmm. how, how much bigger is 2017 than the average? The The answer is pi, right? It depends. It depends on the city. Like San Francisco, interestingly enough, is at the top of the list because their number in 2017 they had 95 percent more than average um, housing permits issued in 2017. Where where does Worcester fall? Worcester is dead last with a bullet on this list, substantially the last on this list. We are 89 percent below our average number of housing permits. Um, So our average from 1980 to 2016 for the Worcester metro area was uh, we would issue 3,150 permits, and in 2017, there were 347, Hmm. so literally, yeah, 90% less, only 10% of the normal number. I have no idea why this should be. This is so bizarre. You know, I,
1: there was a couple of things popped in my mind when you when you mentioned this to me this morning. Uh, the first being that I noticed in the article they mentioned the Worcester metro area. They 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 didn't right. necessarily. so it's
0: like what's a metro area? I don't
1: know how they're defining that. And and yeah. I do know um, that after the the market collapsed back around 2008 or so, there were a lot of housing so housing permits as they're issued. Typically, they have a timeline on them. Yeah. And there was a lot of housing permits that had been issued just prior to the market collapse in in a lot of the suburbs around Worcester that were essentially allowed to be extended uh, their lifespan before uh, they needed to be, before they'd expire. Okay. Primarily because the market wasn't suitable for building new properties. So there was a period of time not too long ago where a lot of our surrounding towns were doing a massive amount of building because they were playing catch up on years of backlogged building permits. Yeah. That only, I think, speaks to a, sm- a small percentage, potentially, of that number. The bigger thing that pops into my mind is, where would you build new houses in Worcester? Like, unless you're building up and you're doing skyscrapers, and we're clearly not well, doing that. We don't have a lot of developable space I in mean, the city. I
0: mean, look at so something like, for example, the old um, Osgood-Bradley building and turning that into apartments, which has just happened, right? I mean... It, doesn't that count as like a lot of housing permits? I don't know because that was like a uh, that was like a building that was not being used, and then it suddenly has a ton of apartments.
1: Is it, I don't I honestly don't know about how those are those are the permits are issued though. Like do you get one occupancy permit for that building, or do you get uh, an occupancy like, permit for every every
0: I feel like apartment? this is a theology podcast because we're just talking about things where we're like we really just don't <laughs> know. We can never we can never Sam know.
1: Harrison. We need him. We
0: can never know how can there be how can there be suffering if there's a good God? <laughs> Ultimately, we can never understand how can Worcester be the dead last in number of permits. That Based is pretty on whatever room, though, percentage. That, yeah. We could never know. We would have to look up a number that's not on our sheet of paper. <laughs> I'm like, there's a lot of numbers on the sheet of paper, and it, the numbers that we need are not here. And they
1: don't. None don't of know. them really make a lot of sense. I mean, our number, as you were pointing out uh, in the break,
0: is still. Uh, it's like in striking distance of like the peak. Philadelphia. Versus, Honestly, yeah. our number, our our average number, is about the average number for Philadelphia Metro, which again. I'm, maybe the only reason we bring this up is that if you see people kicking around like mm-hmm. this as a story that they want you to click like on or something, just realize this is just bizarre. This right. is just bizarre. This makes no sense. The, the The answer is buried in some number, which is not in the Trulia.com article or the – supporting spreadsheets, so don't click like on that article because nobody's going to explain what's really going on to you. Or just get ready to accept the reality that you've bought into the world's
1: worst multi-level marketing scam by virtue of participating in Worcester because the number that they have has been our, our annual average for permits. We couldn't possibly be losing uh, or even staying flush with population if we're adding, what, 3,000 homes to the market mm-hmm. every year?
0: Brandon, how do you feel? The, how do you feel the show's been going so far this year?
1: Oh, I think it's been going pretty well. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah,
0: we got two. We just got, we had two calls today. Yep. One of them involved words. The other one involved some some good sounds. Just some a positive Day-Lick vibes or something. Yeah. Um, we got to talk about driveways.
1: Mm. And then we got we got some alone time this week too. without any guest? Maybe we'll bring a yeah. guest back next we'll week. Have and we'll next, we'll have
0: a guest next week. We'll have some more great callers. Hank Stolz will be here.
1: good a bunch of flags.
0: Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! Everybody. Thanks for listening to 508. Thanks for listening to Unity Radio, and we will talk to you next week. Have a great week.